0: Okay, we're going to bring this meeting back to order.
1: Okay, welcome to the Queen Anne's County Commissioners' meeting. This is a public meeting that is being aired live on our local cable television station, QAC TV 7. This meeting is also being streamed live over the internet at www.qac.org live. These media broadcasts provide county citizens an opportunity to watch and review our scheduled public sessions. We acknowledge your participation and by attending, you acknowledge that this session is both recorded and aired. The scheduled agenda is available on the information table just outside of our meeting room. Press and public comments will be taken and is limited to three minutes per person if you care to speak you must sign the sheet on the information table outside. Comments longer than three minutes can be submitted in writing for the Commissioner's review. During the meeting, we would ask that you turn all electronic devices off and hold personal conversations outside of our meeting room. We will now stand and be led in the Pledge of Allegiance by Commission President Jim Moran. I
0: pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God. Individual with liberty and justice for all. If you can remain standing for a moment of silence for a dear friend of mine who passed away Sunday, a father, a husband, a business owner, and a grandfather, Jim Hardy. Thank you
1: very much. All right, we just held a uh, closed session for boards and commissions, and I believe the commissioners Uh, have an announcement to make about an appointment for the Housing Authority.
2: Uh, I move to uh, Courtney Billitz, the remaining unexpired term of James Henson on the Housing Authority Board to begin immediately and end June 30th, 2022.
0: Second. We have a motion and a a second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye.
2: Aye. Aye.
0: Opposed? So moved. Just for the public's record, both uh, Senior Wilson and Junior Wilson are on vacation this week. Not together. Uh, We we don't think they're together, but uh, be that as it may, I know they're both in the sun and enjoying themselves, and it's well-deserved. So That's why there's only three of us. If
3: they're together, it's a violation of the open meeting. No, there's not three of them.
4: Two of them is okay.
3: There's not three of them.
4: I can promise you they're not discussing county business.
1: (laughs) Okay, we also had the confirmation of the Kenton Harris Foundation um, appointments. Can I get a motion for that as well, too?
0: I move, so moved. Well, look at names. Uh, move to uh, reappoint Jody Schultz and Michael Foster and also to appoint Jeffrey Smith, Judy Wink, and Butch Pearson uh, to serve uh, actually three-year terms. Uh, Butch, Butch Pearson would be a one-year term and everyone else is a three-year term.
2: Second.
0: We have a motion and a second. Uh, any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? There we go.
1: Okay. Thank you, Commissioners. The agenda for today's meeting, January 14, 2020, along with the regular minutes from your December Tenth, 2019 meeting and the special meeting minutes from your January 2, 2020 meeting, the Rose Board minutes from your November 12, 2019 meeting and the Sanitary Commission meeting minutes from your November Twelfth, 2019 meeting were distributed electronically for review. Are there any additions or corrections? Can I get a motion to approve, please? Move to approve.
0: Second. All those in favor? Aye. Aye.
3: Aye. There
1: go. All right. Thank you, commissioners. That brings us to our first uh, press and public comment section. Thank you for taking the time to express your views to the county commissioners during this public comment period. Comments are limited to three minutes in length. Comments longer than three minutes should be submitted in writing. When you come forward, please speak clearly in the standing microphone. State your name, address, topic of interest. Keeping with the dignity of the office, we ask that all views be expressed in a respectful and civil manner. The commission respects your desire and right to convey your message freely. We ask as a courtesy to our board and our citizens that you respect the commissioner's request and refrain from naming citizens and name-calling when offering any critique.
5: I don't know who that is. Mr. Falstead, you're first up. <clears throat> and commissioners, Jay Falstead from Queen Anne's Conservation Association, and Happy New Year to everyone. Um, I have two things that I want to uh, mention to you, uh, and it's both great news, and all of us in the county should be very proud. I know that we're going to talk more about this on the 28th, but um, the first item is uh, last week it was announced at the Maryland Board of Public Works that um, our county was able to secure an additional one- 1.1, almost $1.1 million uh, for a rural legacy. And this came through uh, Donna Landis Smith's office. And this is on top of the $6.2 million, I think, that she raised collectively uh, in December. The reason that this is, is significant from a conservation standpoint is, t- taken together, that amount of money permanently preserves nearly 2,000 acres. And it is a substantial achievement for Queen Anne's County. All of us can be really proud about it. And from a conservation standpoint, it's just it's great, great news. So I wanted to thank the commissioners for um, uh, agreeing to contribute to that fund and also to recognize Donna uh, for her excellent work because it's a tremendous achievement. And I, I know that we're going to talk more about this on the 28th. The second item that I wanted to bring up, which I personally am very excited about... Um, is on the 28th, uh, a bill will be heard in Annapolis, uh, House Bill 13, which started right here in Queen Anne's County and started with this board right here, um, an anti-pollution bill dealing with balloons. And uh, I know a lot of people kind of chuckled about it when it first came up, but this is a big problem uh, and it goes way beyond Queen Anne's County. But the fact that there is now a bill in the state eventually making this a statewide issue Um, we can all be proud of the fact that it all started with these guys here. So uh, I wanted to say thank you and mark your calendars. And for those that are interested, I hope you'll show up on the 13th. Thank you. Thank you. Ms. Obert.
6: Hi, I'm Barbara Obert from Ken Island. And I know there will be a public hearing later on, on a text amendment on expanding uh, big boxes, but... um, I wanted to comment on the process now uh, specifically because the location at issue that's really brought this to head right now is the closing of the Kmart at the top of Route 8. Uh, my concern is that although with the letter of the law by calling this a public hearing and putting it on the agenda and and advertising it as such an advance, you check the box for this being legally a public hearing, but it's unconscionable that a true public hearing With longer notification isn't being held in the affected district at either Queen Anne County High uh, or at Kent Island High School or any of the local high schools uh, to discuss that because we'll probably be the first location affected. Uh, Commissioner Cucarino, you're our district uh, commissioner. Um, I've been active in this county for decades, and I've never even met you. I can't find a single person who's even heard from you on this issue or given an opportunity for us to have uh, greater discussions. And um, uh, frankly, that that's concerning. And so we'll have what you're calling legally a public hearing uh, tonight on it, but uh, there's no way you should be uh, voting on it now or until you have an absolute due process to get this done uh, and other factors considered properly. Thank you.
0: That's all I had who signed up, would anybody else like to speak at this time? Seeing none, I'll close press and public comment.
1: Okay, commissioners, we can cover uh, new business. We have, uh, if you want to turn to uh, tab number three, First item on page 1, item 1, page 1, is a Housing Authority State Grant Award, and this was, uh, we had a hearing back in October to, which is a requirement to get this particular grant, and this is for a uh, Department of Housing and Community Services uh, evaluation of housing here in Queen Anne's County for for folks in need, so um, we have to sign this agreement. This allows for the grant money to flow to the county, so can I get a motion?
2: I move to sign the certification of exemption of categorical exclusion and request for release of funds, and certification is described and recommended by the Department of Community Services, Housing Division. Second.
0: A motion to second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying
1: aye. 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 There we go. All right, thank you, Commissioners. Item number two, this is a uh, Maryland Heritage Area Authority grant agreement for $50,000. If you recall, this is for the Chesapeake Heritage Visitor Center lobby. Renovations and we did a budget amendment for this uh, in December. This is another $50,000 grant for Queen Anne's County.
4: Um, I move to sign the fiscal year 20 MHAA capital grant uh, agreement for the Chesapeake Heritage of Visitor Center redesign. Second.
0: We have a motion to second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying
1: aye. 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 Opposed? Aye. So moved. Okay. Thank you, commissioners.
7: Should have talked about NACO.
1: <laughs> Item number three on page 28 is our annual dues invoice for the membership in the National Association of Counties in the amount of
0: $896. I move to pay the 2020 NACO membership in the amount of $896.
4: Second.
0: We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those
1: in favor signify by saying aye. 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 There we go. All right. Thank you, Commissioners. Item four on page thirty is uh, Resolution resolution one which places a lien on a property for nuisance violation, unencumbered or excuse me, unmanicured high grass. And these keep coming. I
0: Yeah, they do. <laughs> <never gonna> go <laughs> I get a motion on that, please. I move to Resolution 20-01 to place a lien on the property listed in the County Zoning Administrator's Memorandum dated January 14, 2020 for nuisance violation. Second. I have a motion and a second. Any discussion?
1: Seeing none, all those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 There we go. All right. Thank you, Commissioners. Item number five on page 37 is Budget Amendment CC16 for the uh, Mouth Program, and this is to... uh, Authorize 750000 This is for the uh, 2019 um, properties. There are four of which we will be uh, getting mouth easements on for this, uh, this budget amendment. This provides budget authority for that.
2: I move to approve budget amendment
0: CC16. Second. We have a motion to second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Thank you, commissioners.
1: On our last action item this evening is budget amendment CC-17, and this is for the uh, rural legacy program, and this is uh, for just over $2 million for another four properties uh, for uh, rural legacy program and preservation as well.
4: I'll move to approve budget amendment CC-17.
2: Second.
0: We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? This is what Mr. Foss said, just standing up here talking about these programs, and uh, we're we're more than happy to move forward with preserving these farms, and we're, we're close. We're third place in the state. We're mm-hmm. fast coming up on second, so I think that's great for Queen Anne's County.
1: So with any other discussion? All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 There we go. All right. Thank you, commissioners. We can move into presentations. If you want to flip to tab number six, and um, we have uh, character counts. This is Fairness Month, and I think uh, it's Kelly here. Kelly Huber, Yep. Yeah. Come on up, Kelly. I got it. All
8: right. Good evening. want to Good evening.
9: your folks. Yep. Yeah.
10: Good evening. good evening, and Hello.
9: good evening. hope you guys had a great holiday and a great new year and all that kind of stuff, and I want to start by saying thank you for your support for character counts. I want to thank a special somebody who came out to the parade, <laughs> Commissioner <laughs> Kirk Reno, <laughs> along with your daughters. We had a great time. I mean, it was wonderful. Thank you. Um, so now we have the kids back in school. Coaches are returning. Um, we have over 100 coaches. My last count as of today was 104 which is awesome. Um, we have our ten new high school National Honor Society coaches that have gone into the classrooms as pairs, um, so they're going to be um, teaching some of our younger ones good character. Um, I don't know if anyone noticed on Ken Island, we had the Character Counts message at the Ken Island Firehouse, uh-huh. the volunteer firehouse. So we will have that periodically. I'm working on Sudlersville. I'm working on here um, some of the banks and here locally, so hopefully we can get that message out across town. So that was really exciting. It made my heart smile every time I drove by. Um, Still continuing, and we'll always continue to train new coaches, so if anyone wants to be a coach, I would love to train them. I have a training class set where I have, I think, three or four people coming already next week, next Wednesday from 1030 till noon at the Kramer Center.
4: What are the what are the National Honor Society students going to be doing? I mean, are they? They're going to be
9: doing lessons.
4: So they'll so the, the, just like regular coaches. So they had her, to, uh, they went through a trained, training and then they the also training. had to
9: go through the high the elementary school volunteer training, and they will be pairing up as teams, and they will each one will you know each team will have a class. Um, we've got two at Graysonville, we've got two at Kent Island, and we've got one at Bayside and one at Mattapique. So. Um, it 's pretty exciting and they 're excited they 're thrilled about it. We have one high school um, young lady that has been doing it for this is her second year, so she was kind of the way we broke into the whole um, student men, or co- student coaching so um, yeah it 's neat very good very exciting so um, that being said, last I know in November we were here celebrating something really big um, this month i 'm going to hand it over to because this month is a special month for some of the people I work with, and in honor of National Mentoring Month, my supervisor, the Character Counts and Community Mentoring Coordinator, has written our proclamation for fairness. So she has something to share a little bit first.
10: Yes. um, The last time we were here, first of all, thank you for um, joining in on January for National Mentoring Month. Um, Last time we were here, we were just kind of getting the program started, um, we have had really good success. One of the groups that the mentoring program works with is what we call opportunity youth, which are 16 or 16 to 23 year olds who are not working or not in school. And last year, when the mentoring program tried to find those kids, they could not find them. So there was only one uh, youth that was serviced last year. So some of the advisory committee members and myself kind of looked at other models and found that the kids are generally not going to come to you. You need to try to go find them. Part of it's transportation. Part of it is all kinds of other reasons. So we went with the housing authority, and they allowed us to utilize the library at the Fisher Manor Complex. So on October 26th, this past October, we had our opening night, and we had 11 young adults sign up. So that is absolutely phenomenal. That means um, we can work with them on finding jobs, getting them the skills to get the jobs that they want to. We initially do a needs assessment and find out the services in the county that they need, and then we match them up with mentors who give them support and guidance and encouragement. And a lot of these kids have never had anything like that, you know. Um, And if I could tell you the hope that I saw in these youth's face, it was really, really um, very rewarding. So um, we have now gotten up to 18 youth, and we are still struggling a little bit with the mentors. We only have eight mentors And um, four of those have been with the program for a long time. So um, I've been getting out to churches and all different kinds of places to try to find mentors. But if everyone here in this room could identify one person and make a referral to me, that means we could help double what we're already helping.
4: So you have eight mentors now? Eight mentors. And you're targeting how many?
10: And Well, 15 is the goal for... um, the the grant or the program, Um, but what I would like to do is kind of remove the already existing mentors and add 15 to that. So I would like to get about 22 total. So that's an additional. Because that's the one-on-one. That's, we have, um, we're working with our at-risk youth who are um, middle school up to high school, And they are referrals that generally come from the school systems, and they are one-on-one. We have three youth in that program. So it's almost flip-flop from last year. Last year, we had all at risk. We couldn't find the opportunity youth. This year, because we're going out into the community, we have found the youth, and they are very, um, you know, we're kind of setting up a carrot, if you will, at the end of the plan, which is getting their driver's license, so if they go through training for soft skills and learn to write a resume, and I'm trying to get apprenticeships at some of the trade um, businesses or uh, maybe work with Caroline County in their trade, there are a lot of kids that want to go into HVAC or construction. We have one that wants to go into the military tests. That did not do well on the test so I'm going to train them so that they can pass the test and get into the military and um, a couple that were getting their GEDs so it's it absolutely runs the gamut of um, things that we're doing we rely a lot on some of the other resources in the county to help us Haven Ministries is partnering with us Um, transportation is still a really big issue Um, We would love it if we could get some kind of a small bus and uh, transport some of the kids to different places because now each of the mentors are doing that. But um, I am so grateful to people in the county for helping us and supporting us. And if I could just get, you know, a few more mentors, it would really, really be great. It's such a wonderful way to help these youth, uh, you know, Get into the programs that they want to get into. Um, some of them don't know what they want to do, and we're working with them, asking them all kinds of questions, trying to help them set up goals.
4: So, for the folks that are uh, watching on TV, um, how do they get a hold of you? Your contact information. Where do they need to go?
10: Um. Well, we are uh, part. We're on the, in the Kramer Center, and it's uh, Character Counts Community Mentoring Program. Okay. I don't know the phone number.
11: Four one 410-758-6677.
10: Thanks. I don't call it very often. <laughs> um, um, a vast TV audience to watch these meetings. Yes, <laughs> that would really be wonderful. It is extremely rewarding. It really is. The bond that the people are forming with these kids is just phenomenal. Um, let's see. We have a little. Home cooked meal at the center for them when they come. It's small, you know. It's not a full fledged uh, dinner, but that kind of has started the relationship and getting to know these kids. Some of these kids, I, I dare say, have had a home cooked meal in a while. So there's room for volunteering to do that. Um, we have all kinds of other than being a mentor. We, if you don't want to be a mentor, then you can volunteer, and we have all different kinds of other things that you can do. Um, if you want to be a mentor, it is a four-hour commitment a month, which is really not much. You have to be 18 or older. Um, so, um, please come out and help us. And you know, it all trickles down to our little communities. And if we um, work with these kids and um, get them out of this despair that they're in, they'll end up being good citizens of Queen Anne County and make this county better than it already is.
0: Excellent. So well, you have a proclamation.
4: Um, Oops. I have two. Okay then. So, um. Um. Well. Do the mentoring one first. You want characters? The uh, fairness.
9: We actually have someone here joining us with Maryland Mentor, oh, and okay. they are the the individuals that wrote the mentoring proclamation. So we will
4: go to the mentor one.
9: We let's go ahead and if we want to hear from Cat for a minute.
12: Sure. I'm, my name is Kat Stork. I live over in Caroline County, but I'm really committed to uh, supporting youth programming uh, across the midshore area. It's a passion of mine. And as a part of that, I've I've become involved with Maryland Mentor, which is the statewide affiliate for Mentor, the national mentoring partnership. There's a big focus on mentoring across the country right now. And there's a lot of funding by the federal government going through the Office of Juvenile Justice and and Delinquency Prevention. The national organization, National Mentoring Resource Center, and the the Mentor Partnership has the ability to provide technical assistance to mentoring programs in small communities like Queen Anne's County. Um, And that technical assistance is provided for free. And really, what it is is to help build quality and capacity of mentoring organizations, to meet the demand. and um, from other work that I do in the community, I hear over, in the communities, I hear over and over again that mentoring is something that many families look for when they're looking for resources. I feel like this is a really important thing for communities to support. I'm sure that all of us can look back to those times in our lives where we had older adults who offered guidance to us, who helped us make hard decisions, who provided instruction or direction on how to find resources. For some of the kids in our communities, they don't naturally come about. Those mentoring, the informal mentoring opportunities don't come about Mentoring like the program that you have here and that's funded here in Queen Anne's County goes a a long way to help connect kids who don't have those means with a caring mentor. Um, And it is only, start out with only four hours a month. I certainly know from experience and hearing from other people that oftentimes that time is doubled as the mentor engages the return of investment to the mentor as well as the mentee is tremendous the the feeling of accomplishment that you can have when you help somebody else realize their dreams is really tremendous so thank you for the proclamation and for supporting national mentoring month i hope to see you in the community and out at some of these programs I'm looking forward to working with Patricia and with Kelly on these projects here in Queen Anne's County. So thank you. Thank you for your
4: commitment. Um, Okay. So I have the honor and the pleasure. Whereas the future course of Queen Anne's County, Maryland, and our nation rest on the shoulders of our youth, and whereas educated, confident, and nurtured children will give rise to a stronger community, and whereas mentoring is a proven effective strategy to increase the life opportunities of all young people matching and caring responsible adults with child to provide guidance and support that builds confidence stability direction for that child and whereas thousands of young people in Maryland are mentoring relationships are in mentoring relationships while thousands more still sit waiting on a list Whereas the support of the county, state, and businesses in our community, uh, the mentor has helped establish mentorships with youth across the county and state, providing young people with the opportunities to succeed. And whereas the celebration of National Mentoring Month emphasizes the importance of mentoring, raises awareness, and recognizes with praise and gratitude the many citizens already involved in mentoring while encouraging others to volunteer as mentors. Now, therefore, we, the county commissioners of Queen Anne County, do hereby proclaim January 2020 as the National Mentoring Month in Queen Anne's County and recognize and acknowledge the importance of mentorship programs.
10: There we go. Thank you very much.
4: Now, you want us to go
0: right to the... So we'll go right... Bill, you get the-
4: right into fairness. Fairness there
9: mm-hmm. we go. for January. One of my
4: favorite character <laughs> pillars. Uh, whereas almost 20 years ago, the people of Queen Anne's County were called upon to incorporate the model, the six pillars of character, in their daily lives, and Queen Anne's County was declared a Characters Counts community. And whereas this month, may we all practice and remind ourselves about the importance of fairness and whereas fairness means being free from favoritism, self-interest, preference, discrimination, or bias, and is the manner in which all citizens would wish to be treated and exactly how we should treat others, and whereas all people are created equal and have the right to equal opportunities, and whereas all people have the right to express themselves and realize that others have that right as well, and whereas all people will remain open-minded and responsible and will judge with integrity when listening and responding to others, and whereas all people will admit when wrong and attempt to rectify any mistakes and never blame others carelessly, and whereas all people will strive to be fair and play by the rules, abide by the laws, and never take advantage of others. Now, therefore, we, the county commissioners of Queen Anne's County, do hereby proclaim the character counts pillar of the month of January to be fairness, love that one. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank
9: you. All right.
7: Thank you for your time. Just we really appreciate it.
9: Here
12: for you to have a little bit more information about how how mentor helps out. Thank
10: you.
1: Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. you. Very nice.
12: Thank you for the opportunity.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Commissioners, our next presenter is Miss Veronica Stancliffe, support specialist with Big Brothers and Big Sisters, mentoring month proclamation. Come on up, Veronica. Yeah, come on. Good evening.
13: Good evening. Good evening. So they said a lot already. <laughs> That's pretty much what we do with Big Brothers, Big Sisters. I did want to thank all of the commissioners, the county especially, for... Um, All the donations, contributions you guys have made to Big Brothers Big Sisters here on the Eastern Shore. Uh, We've been on the Eastern Shore for about 40 years now, and we do a lot within the community. I know that we're trying to reach out more here in Queen Anne's County, and um, we like what we do. We, (laughs) We love what we do. Very much like the other programs, we have a mentorship program. We actually um, focus on children that are a little bit younger, from age 6 to 16. Mm -hmm. And with that, we always, always look for mentors. So right now, we have over 60 kids on our waiting list. We help hundreds out, not just through the one-on-one mentorship program, but also community enrichment. So we're teaching disadvantaged youth. How to tie a tie? How to uh, properly bathe? Everything like that as well. But we are also looking for mentors. So if anyone is that in the in community? Not just Queen Anne's
0: County that that waiting list.
13: Uh, no, it's, uh, sixty is all over the Eastern Shore. I think in Queen Anne's County alone, it's going to be somewhere around six, six to eight. Mm-hmm. So I know that we do have mentors, mentees here already. But we're always looking for more. So not only looking for mentors, but mentees as well. If people know anybody, neighbors, uh, someone at school that just needs a mentor, needs someone positive in their life, might be going through a hard situation, we want to hear from you. We want to help out. So, And we also pen- at, we partner with Mentor uh, nationally to get funds from them to get um, partnerships and different activities going as well. Excellent. So, Very yeah. good.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Well, we have a proclamation, and All right. Commissioner Corcorina is going <clears> to... <throat> proclamation
2: 20-05. Whereas during National Mentoring Month, we celebrate the dedicated men and women who volunteer their time, talents, and resources to mentor, teach, and empower young people and those in need of guidance. And whereas mentors from across section of Queen Anne's County, and whereas they are spiritual leaders coaches, volunteers, and civic organizations, business owners, teachers, counselors, school administrators, and many others. And whereas they come from diverse backgrounds and in many, way, many inspiring ways, mentors improve the lives of Anne's County youth, helping them to grow into responsible adults. And whereas in communities across our county, mentors serve not only as role models for young people, but also as an inspiration to dream big and pursue any goals, regardless of the circumstances. And whereas their acts of generosity and compassion are a reminder that each of us has a deeper purpose and that we can make a positive difference by investing in others through our talents. And whereas together we will continue to pour into the lives of those in need, better equipping them to achieve their full potential. Now, therefore, we, the County Commissioners of Queen Anne's County, do hereby proclaim January 2020 as National Mentoring Month, and recognize and acknowledge the dedication of each mentoring volunteer and the impact they make in the lives of Queen Anne's County's youth. Youth. Excuse me.
13: <laughs> thank you very, very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. I thank all of you for everything that you do for us.
0: Thank you for what you do. So thank you. Thank
1: you. Thank you. All right, Commissioners, next, if you want to turn to item four, on page four, we have Mary Margaret uh, Goodwin, uh, the Mary Edwardine Burke Foundation, Maryland Museum of Women's History, and the 19th Amendment Proclamation. So, Mary Margaret. Good
11: evening. Good evening. Not all of my board members could be here tonight. Um, unfortunately, one of them has his wife in the hospital, very ill, um, and one is away in Philadelphia, so it's... Well, we're
4: running a little short ourselves up here, too, maybe, maybe. so we can <laughs> That's appreciate your Well,
11: three against three.
4: <laughs> That's, right. <laughs> That's right. That's
9: fair.
11: Um, first of all, thank you so much for um, being here and letting us actually give you um, our first annual report. And I've provided you with a folder, not only with the um, list of things that we have had great success in, but also with photographs of some of the successes. Um, And I want just to, before I forget, because it's the most important thing right now, um, our snowball dinner, which you have... A flyer in your folder for the snowball dinner is the uh, 22nd of February. And we will once again be honoring a group of women who will be listed in the Hall of Fame in the museum. And there's only one of them this year from Queen Anne's County. And I just want to give you a quick... story about her because she has never ever been mentioned in this county ever and in her last days she was responsible for protecting all of that property behind Queenstown golf course and keeping it out of the hands of a San Diego developer her name is Maud Emery and she was the wife, the second wife of Frederick Emery. Now, Frederick Emery is the one who wrote what we all call the Queen Anne's County history uh, Bible. But as you know, if you've listened to me long enough, it's the story of the men in the county, not the women. And she had an enormous impact on him in later years. But the reason we're honoring her is that she was the very first federal government employee. And it was such a big deal because when she went to be interviewed and she went to be a translator for the United States Army, she was. He said, you're the highest qualified. All the men, they're great, but you've got the best qualifications, but let me tell you why I can't hire you. And he took her into the room that she would be working in, and it was floor-to-ceiling books. And he said, the problem is you can't climb the ladder. And as a result of that, she went to the Washington Post and told them this story. And they said, now we know the excuse for keeping women out of government. It's the latter excuse. (laughs) And it became a running joke in the Washington Post. Um, And she then went to the State Department and applied to Frederick Emery, who was also in need of a translator. And he hired her, and then he married her as well. Um, so she's one on the list of the women that we're going to be honoring. I will just tell you, first of all, that this has been (laughs) sort of a really complicated effort because half of this has been working on the, trying to find the money and do the, the work to restore the building, and at the same time, To be a museum already in functioning and as you can see um we have i think four successes for the construction side and a whole long wonderful list but the two that i'm most proud of um is that we were asked to be uh, an advisor on the What's Up magazine uh, committee that was formed for the whole city of Annapolis to figure out how to celebrate the 19th Amendment. And as you will note if you've been in Annapolis lately, there are already the banners hanging in the street in Annapolis. But additionally, we're going to have a traveling exhibit. And we have been tasked to design and write and present those six floor-to-ceiling exhibits that will travel the whole of the Eastern Shore and all of Anne Arundel County uh, in all the libraries. So I'm really quite proud of that. Um, Maryland Public Television, as a result, has become very interested in what we're doing And they're talking about coming here and filming at the house as we progress over time. So I'm really happy about that. Um, I do want to just mention a couple of things. We were so lucky with the mason, Jonas Miller. He's considered by the state as the best historic mason in the state. And you can see from the pictures, his work is just spectacular. But when we needed to get to the roof and we needed the scaffolding and we couldn't find any here within the county, and a really kind person said, why don't you try this company in Wilmington? And Anthony Peeney from Pinnacle Scaffolding came, and when he got there, complete OSHA rules, absolutely certified. He was already, by 7.30 in the morning, halfway up the building. And he had told me what the price was, which was kind of beyond my budget. And when he saw the building, he said, If I had known, I would have quoted you a better price. So just write the check for $5,100. And that is what the scaffolding cost us for the entire summer season of work. And if you go there, the scaffolding is still there because he then said, and I'm going to leave it here because you're only going to move it around the rest of the house, so we'll come and take it down and move it, and you will be okay. So that's a huge, huge help. And then, of course, I went to the health department for the perk test. Oh, my goodness, how naive I was when I went for the perk <laughs> test. I, I had no idea what was involved. Um, And they are requiring for us what are called five pipes in the ground. And it's $300 per permit. That's one thing. But then they said, but here's the list of who you have to go to in order to uh, have them do the work for you. And I said, well, out of all these six, and they said, well, you get what you pay for and by the way it's not going to be cheap and i said well approximately i said between 15 and 20,000 for this work so i came home this was 2 weeks ago came home and sat down looked at the list top of the list was not just a queen anne's county but a centerville company i sent them an email and in 10 minutes, Mark Williams wrote me back and said, we'll do the work pro bono. And I absolutely, I'm in love with this man. He is phenomenal. He is tremendous and, and so gracious in his efforts. Um, last night, I was with the... League of Women Voters, you will see them on the fourteenth next month when they come for their hundredth anniversary uh, for the League of Women Voters. And now let me just say that the women in this county have been backing this project, and and a lot of women already have their membership card. So we are moving. Alone, but we're doing another project with the League of Women Voters because those traveling exhibits have to be moved from place to place, and in each county, the League of Women Voters will be doing the moving and the setting up in each county, so we're really proud of partnering with them. Tomorrow the Eastern Shore Small Museums Association will be back meeting at Bloomfield again. Um, And I'm kind of proud of that because they keep wanting to come back in spite of the fact that there's no chairs and it's cold and there's no heat and there's no light yet. Um, Just a couple of other things. We have one really big issue uh, to deal with And that is where the easement lines are and how we do the accessibility, uh, ADA accessibility. So all those beautiful, beautiful drawings that I was so proud to show you, not accepted by Maryland Historic Trust. So our architect is redoing them and we'll see what comes of it this time so uh, of all the things i've done in my life all those swims and all those runs and all the 13 years in the pentagon <coughs> and everything that was always such a big effort none of those things have been as much of an effort and maybe it's because of my age i don't know but <laughs> none of them have been as much of an effort as this has been, and at the same time as fulfilling as this has been, and as I hope it will be as well. So we will, one way or another, we will be open for six weeks in August for the opening big celebration on August 22nd of the 19th amendment 100th anniversary and that exhibit is underway being planned so
4: so mary margaret with all the effort that you've had to put in and the challenges obviously there's the folks that sit on the board with you um who do we have here with us tonight
11: sorry doris Pullman and rebecca emery Mm
13: -hmm.
11: and that's like a real emery descendant so
13: very
4: good (laughs) Very good. yes. Um, oh, many hands make. Actually,
11: work. actually, yes. we've had, I think four or five uh, Emory descendants come and tour uh, the building. and I'm finding all kinds of interesting, wonderful uh, information about that family and our county. Um, not the least of which is that Maud Emery saved all that property that used to be Blackbeard behind Queenstown Golf Course, mm. saved it from a major San Diego developer.
4: So, so can you either confirm um, that there's actually buried treasure from Blackbeard? A uh, black bear <laughs> somewhere on no. that golf course? I don't Not think that I suggest everybody get shovels I and start digging so. over
11: there. I don't think so. I don't think so. But I want to thank you very much for all the support, and uh, I, I hope we're doing you proud.
0: Oh, you're making our job easy. Pardon? You're making our job easy. Yeah. You're out there. Our efforts you know, are yeah. minuscule
4: compared to yours, Mary Martin. no,
11: no, 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 no. But thank you, really. You yeah, it. that's
4: it. Well, we have thank a you proclamation. Very much. We have
11: the yeah. proclamation.
4: We, we, we have. Would
0: either of you like to comment on anything? or you mm, good? Good. Okay.
11: I'm,
6: I'm in all of all of it. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we have proclamation twenty 3 Whereas in our beginning years, only white men over the age of twenty one who owned property could vote in America, and whereas the fight for the right of women to vote grew out of a, a out of the abolitionist movement. And whereas the first formal movement for the right of women to vote was undertaken for two days at the Seneca Falls Conference in New York in July of 1848, attended by 300 persons. And whereas at the Seneca Falls Conference, 68 women and 32 men signed the Declaration of Sentiments, with Frederick Douglass being one of the signing men. And whereas in 1870, the 15th Amendment was ratified, which prohibited denial of voting rights due to race or previous servitude but this applied only to african american men and whereas year after year women across america fought for the right to vote using every publicly tactics every public every publicity tactic such as massive parades lobbying and picketing even to the point of being imprisoned and force fed while in prison to gain small victories as some states allowed women to vote in state elections and whereas on June 14, 1919, Congress passed the 19th Amendment after it had been rejected previously by 21 successive Congresses, thus sending it out to the nation to be voted on by the 36 states for ratification and whereas it took many well-organized women across the nation only 14 months to get to Tennessee, the last of the 36 states needed to finalize the new amendment because the last four states had refused to call a session for a vote leaving only Tennessee to call a special session for the purpose and whereas it looked doubtful that the Tennessee legislature would pass the amendment but one 21 year old state legislator Henry T. Byrne intending to vote against the amendment which mean its death and years before it could be brought back again for ratification when Mr. Burns' mother wrote him a letter, he carried it with him in his pocket on the final day of voting. Yes. Your mother used to do that for you, right? <laughs> this letter influenced him to change his vote in favor of ratifying the 19th Amendment, thus allowing many women, not all, the right to vote. And whereas it was not until the Voting Rights Act of 1965 that formally allowed African American women the right to vote, Now, therefore, we, the county commissioners of Queen Anne's County, do hereby proclaim that 2020 is the year of commemoration, the 100th anniversary of the passing of the 19th Amendment. Signed the county commissioners. You always bring a history lesson. I love it.
11: Thank you. When you consider, it only took the women 14 months Uh to get it ratified. Mm -hmm. And the reason was because of some of these women behind me sitting here from our own league of women voters. Every state had already started organizing their own individual League of Women Voters. So when the ratification time came, they were ready to go right on the dot and got it done.
0: Anyway, we can get all these same women down in Washington to get term limits on those houses. That would
11: solve a lot of our problems.
0: Well, thank you very much, Mary Margaret. Best of luck.
4: Outstanding.
1: Okay, Commissioners, it is um, 626. We can do our public hearing now on County Ordinance 1917. So I'd ask Patrick Thompson, our county attorney, to come down and read the advertisement, please.
8: All right, ready? Yes, sir. Uh, on November 26, 2019, Commissioner Rand introduced County Ordinance Number 1917, a bill entitled An Act concerning the expansion of a use and or tenant space in a structure which occupies more than 65,000 square feet of gross floor area in the Urban Commercial Zoning District. Uh, density and intensity requirements of Queen Anne's County for the purpose of establishing specific standards of applicability and supplemental regulation for the expansion of a use and or tenant space in a structure which occupies more than 65,000 square feet of floor area in chapter 18.122 D3, urban commercial density and intensity requirements and in chapter 18.158, supplemental uses additional uses and regulations in Queen Anne's County by adding an additional exception to chapter, thank you, 18122D3 and additional standards to chapter 18158 of the Code of Public Local Laws. This hearing is being held on Tuesday January 14, 2020 at 6.15 p.m. in the County Commission uh, meeting room Liberty Building 107 North Liberty Street the Queen Anne's County Planning Commission has issued a favorable recommendation with respect to the proposed amendments. Copies of the proposed ordinance have been available at the County Commissioner's Office, 107 North Liberty Street, Centerville, prior to the hearing, during normal business hours, or online at the County website, www.qac.org. Speakers will, will be limited to three minutes each. Written testimony of any length can be submitted all before the hearing date to the County Commissioners. All hearing sites are accessible to individuals with disabilities, sign language interpreters and system listing systems are available. Um, Part of the record of the proceeding will be a certificate of publication indicating the notice of tonight's hearing published in the Queen Anne Record Observer and the Ken Island Bay Times, uh, newspapers of general circulation in Queen Anne's County, as well as a memorandum from... uh, Department of Planning and Zoning, uh, concerning the proposed amendment with the comments and uh, recommendations of the Queen Anne's County Planning Commission. Did you want? Uh, yes. Yeah. Let's. Mike, let's bring up uh, Mike. You want to come up and Michael Iversky, the
0: Director of Planning and Zoning, and Amy Mornock, the Principal Planner. And just so the public at home, if you could explain what this amendment the intent of this amendment is and why and the nuts and bolts of it
7: sure good evening commissioners good evening Um, Amy Mora to my right is a principal planner who's responsible for uh, managing text amendments and map amendments for our our department so I would uh, defer to her and let let her uh, give you some information on the background of this ordinance
14: so um, what you have before you is an amendment that is very specific and uh, LASER focused on adding one additional uh, proposed use to a list of 16 uses that exist in the, uh, in the zoning ordinance, which um, already allow structures to exceed 65,000 square feet, and this use would allow for an existing tenant space, uh, which already occupies um, 65,000 square feet, and has been in use as a tenant space since um, the 6th of January of 2004, an opportunity to expand under conditions that are consistent with um, the urban commercial zoning district. Uh, Namely, there's a limit to a 50% expansion of the gross floor area of that structure. There is... um, there are conditions that are established in terms of design standards that are specific to the town center and urban uh, commercial districts, uh, which are directed through the urban uh, commercial purpose and intent of the ordinance that diversity of commercial uses is <coughs> supported and that good design be implemented in light of the proximity of these uh, districts to major highways. What this text amendment does not do is it does not allow for the construction of new um, tenant spaces and uses that exceed 65,000. It specifically allows for flexibility to a space that already exists.
0: And how many spaces in the county do we have that are... Sixty-five or greater.
14: We have one space.
0: Okay, and that's the the, the, the old, Kmart, the old Kmart yes. shopping center is the yeah. only space in the county that this ordinance would even affect.
14: That's correct. Okay, yeah.
7: So to give you a little background, we were made aware. The Department of Planning and Zoning was made aware last summer, I think July or August, that the Kmart shopping center tenant was was leaving, and so. We want to embrace and try to keep our existing centers viable. And so when we found out that, that, center, that Kmart was leaving, it was a concern of ours. So we, we had a meeting with the owner of the shopping center and it entered into a conversation about what can we do collectively to try to get a new tenant in that space. Because the last thing that we wanted was for that major tenant to go dark. It's the front door of Queen Anne's County. It's very important that we keep a viable tenant in that space. So as part of that conversation, the, the market has changed a bit, where 65,000 square feet uh, is, is problematic in the sense it doesn't attract a similar user to that big box Kmart use. And so we started talking about whether or not we could create an ordinance that allowed some flexibility To increase that slightly to attract a similar tenant like a target as an example so we took we took that information upon ourselves to craft this ordinance to be very specific that it deals with existing centers it deals only with this one center candidly because there's no other buildings of that size similar size in Queen Anne's County where this would apply and we we crafted that. It was, it's a department-sponsored text amendment. We, of course, vetted it with the Planning Commission, who wrote us a favorable recommendation to you. We took it to the Economic Development Commission, who also crafted a letter in support of this text amendment. We also took it to Business Queen Anne's, who also is, uh, has given us a, a verbal positive recommendation. And we took it to the Kenton Arrows Development Foundation, and they also gave us a favorable verbal recommendation. So we were, uh, we're very cognizant about being transparent. Uh, we believe that it's important that that set once Kmart leaves, that that center not remain dark very long. It's really important, I think, for economic development and redevelopment that we do everything that we can to try to attract a similar tenant into that space. So that's the background.
4: So, I'll, add, I'll add that this... That, that this ordinance was introduced a month and a half ago. So we certainly had plenty of time to have folks uh, weigh in um, on the makings of this ordinance and wh- how we got to where we are today. And I believe, <clears throat> wasn't it before planning zoning, even
2: before that, right? Right. And that was a public meeting, right?
14: Fourteenth of November. Yes, right. Yes, so it was, that was a it public was broadcasted meeting. by QAC yes, TV. Yes, absolutely correct. So that means
2: it was also put out on the podcast version that we have for the planning and zoning meetings as well. Yes, right. And the economic development, the EDC. That that's a meeting that the public can attend as sure. well if they want. Mm-hmm. And when you met with the EDC you told them about this, they were free to talk about this with whoever they want. In fact, that's what you wanted them to do, right? Absolutely. To get the input of other citizens and community leaders, right? Absolutely. And I, I suppose the same thing with business QAC, that you wanted them to get input from other people that they know as well and provide that to you as right. part of the process. Right. Okay.
7: And we also wanted to vet it with uh, the Ken Nervous Development Foundation, even though they're a few miles away, yeah. because they're businessmen as well, and we wanted to get the word out as much as we could. This is what <laughs> we're thinking about doing.
2: So this is a space that, tell me if I wrong. that there is a, a limited pool of potential tenants that would Occupy this type of space, right?
7: I would think, right?
2: And and there was a Kmart in Cambridge that went dark 19 years ago, and remained dark for 19 years. Um, they just finally, I think, redeveloped that by bulldozing it down. Um, I think that sort of highlights the the difficulty with which to find tenants for these types of spaces. And the positive side is once you get them in there, they're in there for a, a long term, mm-hmm. and that property value stays up, and that they pay a lot of property taxes to the county that help support a lot of the services that the county provides to the citizens.
7: I think it's also important and I know that Amy briefly said this, but I think it's important to say it again. As part of this text amendment, we're not as an example, we're not just going to allow target to move in there part of the ordinance requires adherence to our design standards in that zoning district, which means an architectural review, which means redoing the parking lot enhanced landscaping so it's not just moving in a new tenant it's getting improvements to the benefit of the county mm. as well as trying to find that tenant.
0: and anything that's done there you know if this was to pass anything that's done at that site they have to go to today's standards with stormwater management yes correct? that is absolutely so that has correct. a total upgrade with with uh... yep okay right, right. Mm. any other questions for us well,
2: i think something else point out, as we've seen with the old outlets when when a building of that size goes dark and cold for a while, the landlords don't really keep them up as well as they should. No, no. They start to run down, and when you have a tenant in there paying rent on that kind of place, okay. they're going to keep that shopping center looking a lot nicer. So
7: and when it know. goes dark, you lose that synergy, and then the, the users next to it say, well, you know, this is my business has gone down, no one's coming, right. and, and it just, it, it snowballs. And so there we're... were
2: a lot of jobs that were lost when the, when the Kmart closed yes. down.
7: That's correct. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Sure. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate
8: this input. Um, We've only had one person sign up uh, Barbara Obert.
6: It's nice that you say November 14th, planning and zoning. Heard about this just before the holidays. And it's really hard for the average citizen to find information on that. Um, you know, citizens previously voted against big boxes for a reason, and now you're bringing it out again without a legitimate opportunity to for folks down on Ken Island to talk about it on Ken Island. There are three things I'm going to talk about that you also um, uh, haven't done. You're pushing this in an area uh, with thousands of residents that have new housing being built every day. a rural farms coming in on top of two, uh, on top of two existing um, gas stations, new apartments. And you have absolutely no plan for traffic control in an area that has known issues for years and is getting more congested every day. You talk about design and landscaping, that doesn't address the existing issues of whatever new clientele are going to be drawn for a larger entity. You have no plan and until you do, this should not even be considered. This isn't about citizen need either. You've commented, we need a Target. People need a place to buy their last-minute supplies when kids' school uh, projects are due the next day, or tape, or socks, or whatever. The fact of the matter is we have multiple stores on Ken Island that supply those things already. And additionally, as far as a good tenant, Target's expansion is in under 65,000 square feet. In fact, Target has a hundred new small format stores open, with an average of twenty to forty thousand square feet. Their city stores and their Target Express, with thirty new planned to open each year, has the owner. And have you guys even negotiated with Target for a small format store that fits within the existing place, or does the business owner, the property owner, want everything on his terms and his profit? Target is putting things in in those small spaces. So is Five Below, another large growing chain that has the same kinds of supplies as a lot of the things people bought at Kmart. You haven't had a legitimate plan in place to address traffic, to see what the citizens' needs are, where they're going to shop. And also, one final thing, your ordinance is vague enough to allow loopholes. You talk about Existing tennis space, uh, tenant space, more than 65,000 square feet. To specify the 65,000 that Kmart occupies, what's going to happen to those other tenants? Because the whole building occupies 90 or 95,000 square feet of tennis space. So we're, and I'm, I'm wrapping up. So we're talking about a difference of, of you're about to approve either 100,000 square feet, the plus 50%, or 150,000, which is it? You have all kind of vague things in this supposedly specific ordinance. Fix that, please. Have the negotiations done. Address the issue with existing kind of companies like Target who are already moving into these kind of spaces. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
8: Is there any other public comment with respect to county ordinance
3: 1917?
8: Yes, I should be signed up. Okay. Be signed Here, on the
3: sheet. Oh, so come on
8: up. Here, Pat. Pat. Pat.
2: Pat. Pat. She's got another list right there. Oh, I'm sorry. Sign
6: on that sheet.
0: You're fine. Yes, sir.
3: Mm-hmm. Frank Frankie Galeonardo, long-term mm-hmm. resident of Queen Anne's County. Uh, glad to hear all this coordination went on with the business community. But um, I'm opposed to this ordinance uh, for allowing large expansion uh, of structures of 65,000 square feet or more, even realizing, as I've been pointing out, that right now it only applies to Kmart. I appreciate the effort of the county's economic development staff to reach out and offer assistance to those who have lost jobs and to creatively explore remedies to the loss and the loss of the store. However, I do not believe this proposed change to a fundamental underpinning of our county's development guidelines is appropriate, nor has it yet proven a necessity. And I think in that regard, I echo the previous speaker's comment. Thankfully, as we enter into 2020, we do not have an unemployment problem, and our average earnings compare well with other counties make this kind of change to our development guidelines is a step onto the proverbial slippery slope. Our current ordinance prohibiting big box stores was created with a specific vision of the county in mind. We should not aim to be like the western shore. Finally, I will say that what makes this proposal all the more alarming is reading uh, Commissioner Moran, uh, your recent statement, which quote, was, the bottom line is that other counties are flourishing with their restaurant parks and big box stores, unquote. To this I say, do not rush to fix what is not broken. Seems to me our county is already flourishing. Many of us like things the way they are and are already concerned about the um, congestion, congestion, and environmental de- degradation that is occurring from development already approved and underway. Commissioners do not uh, – please do not approve this weakening of our rules governing big box development. Let's work towards preserving the wonderful quality of life we have here and what makes Queen Anne's County different and special. Thank you. Thank you.
8: Um, one other person has signed up for the press public comments.
4: It's Hike. What was the name?
15: Hike. My name is Cheryl Hike.
4: You can Good move evening. the mic down, Cheryl, if you want. There you go.
15: As I said, my name is Cheryl Hike. I've been a resident of Queen Anne's County for over 25 years. I stand here before you because I care about our county, its residents, and the county's future. I don't take this issue lightly, nor without significant time invested in understanding the reasons why Ordinance Number 1917 is on the agenda today, its potential impact, and the pros and the cons of the proposal. I want to thank the County Commissioner's Office and the Office of Planning and Zoning staff for their assistance in helping me during my fact-finding process. I'm not in sympathetic to the impact this closure has had and that the site is currently vacant. But I do have concerns about expanding the existing footprint of the site as proposed in order to bring in a new occupant. My main concerns are these. Imposing further congestion in an area that is already struggling with explosive development and growth. One only need to read the minutes of the Commissioner's October 22nd 2019 19 minutes, and recent survey results to understand the impact on the businesses that operate on Queen Anne's, um, on Ken Island, and the impact that they experience due to traffic congestion, or if you've ever experienced trying to drive in Route 50 to shop in the Ken Island area during the beach season and especially sensitive to the impact that it has on the citizens who might need emergency response or police assistance when the roads are clogged. My second concern is the risk of displacing existing businesses. On occasion, I will shop in Easton, and you were probably aware that Michaels has moved into to, um, Easton, and not too long after Michaels moved into Easton, Um, Ben Franklin closed their doors. When I was in Easton over the holidays, I shopped in two stores, two stores that I've been in many times. They are both going out of business, and like the comments that I heard from those at Ben Franklin, they were closing and shutting down their businesses because they could not compete with the bigger chain stores. So that I am concerned that the businesses on Kent Island and, in fact, in Centerville will be impacted as well. Impact, the final concern that I have is the impact on the environment, Um, though I do appreciate what I heard about stormwater management, and I'm glad that that came into the conversation. Let us not forget that the world is experiencing a climate crisis, and what we do or don't do in Queen's County contributes to that problem. At this time, we would encourage the commissioners to not vote in favor of this proposal, but encourage the county to continue to work with the owners of the property where Kmart currently resided to try to fill it find a tenant that will fill the existing space thank you for your time and consideration
8: thank you uh, any other public comment with with respect to county ordinance 1917
0: seeing none we'll close the press and public comment
1: okay. <clears throat> Thank you, Pat. Right. Thank you, Patrick. You want to leave the record open for two weeks, Commissioner? Yes, sir.
0: It open for two weeks.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, Commissioners, if you want to turn back to uh, presentations, tab six, we have Christy Miranda, the Director of Victim Services for National Human Trafficking Awareness Month. So, Christy, you want to come on up? Great. Uh, Thanks. Christy, How you doing?
16: didn't make it today, oh, so I am here. My name is Catherine Petzold.
1: All right. Thank you.
16: I'm the Anti-Human Trafficking Program Coordinator at For All Seasons.
12: And I'm Leslie C. I'm the Vice President of the Board for For All Seasons. Wow.
16: So thank you guys so much for having us and for proclaiming um, January as Human Trafficking Awareness Month. we are, again, here from For All Seasons, and if you don't know about Four All Seasons, I'll just tell you a little bit about us. We are an organization that serves the five midshore counties, and with offices in uh, – we have an office here in – Centerville. do we have an office in
12: Centerville? Actually, I think it's in Kent Island. It moved. Kent it Island. <laughs> Stevensville.
16: It's in Stevensville. Yes. Yeah. Okay, I'm not from the area, so I kind of get confused about That's which okay. county is no – what places are in which counties. Um, so – uh, we it's like we have uh, four services: therapy, psychiatry, advocacy, and um, education. And part of our advocacy is housed in the rape crisis Center that we have, and that allows advocates who are trauma certified to offer services on a 24 hour crisis basis. They're able to meet people at hospitals, meet people in legal situations, um, and offer case management crisis counseling, and accompaniment to um, different things that a victim or survivor of sexual assault or human trafficking might need. So um, I have a few talking points here. You guys are very busy. Um, Why are we talking about human trafficking in January? Because January is National Slavery and Human Trafficking Awareness and Prevention Month. Um, And For All Seasons is really excited to be bringing awareness to this Issue by doing presentations in all five counties that we serve, including one yesterday in Queen Anne's County that was sold out. So we were really glad to see that there's interest in this area about this issue, which is definitely um, prevalent in Maryland and prevalent on the Eastern Shore. So, um, human trafficking is federal, by the federal definition, human trafficking is when someone um uses force, fraud or coercion to for the purpose of a commercial sex act enticing someone into a commercial sex act or into forced labor or services there are no such things as prostitutes under the age of 18 anyone who is engaging in commercial sex under 18 is considered a child sex trafficking victim and does not need to prove force, fraud or coercion in order to be considered a victim under the Trafficking Victim Protections Act, the Federal Trafficking Victims Protections Act. Um, Force is oftentimes what, you know, kidnapping, sexual assault, physical assault, those types of things. Fraud can range from a business offer, uh, an offer for employment that is not actually what it says it's going to be, and um, it gets... It's a longer conversation that I won't go into. But uh, this this issue impacts both men, women, children, and the LGBTQIA community. It most often occurs, um, well, where there are people. <laughs> so it can happen behind locked doors. It can happen in brothels and factories. Um, it can happen in the agricultural community. Uh, it can happen both with foreign nationals and domestic Ninety-eight percent of Homeland Security investigations um, cases are, not, are domestic sex trafficking cases. Worldwide, we're looking at 24.9 million people, um, estimated by the International Labor Organization, are victims of trafficking. Um, Maryland has one of, according to the National Human Trafficking Hotline, has one of the highest rates of domestic human trafficking. Um, and Why is that? Well, there's... You know, statistics can be deceiving, and the good news about that means that some people are identifying that there's trafficking happening in Maryland. Mm -hmm. Um, The bad news is that trafficking is happening in Maryland. So one out of five or – every five or six men admit to purchasing commercial sex. So if you take those numbers, it is not surprising that there would – there's certainly a demand for – Um, people to offer commercial sex and if one is under 18 and offering commercial sex and that means in exchange for anything of value that can be shelter that can be clothing that can be food hair and nails Um, that would be considered child sex trafficking and then anyone who has so fraud and coercion what that can look like is psychological coercion can look like grooming so that may happen with an adult where someone in says they're your boyfriend and takes you out on dates, and it slowly kind of becomes an abusive situation where they are then asking you, oh, can you please have sex with my friend? Um, perhaps they have a picture of you, and if you don't have sex with their friend, then they're going to send that to everyone who is a Facebook friend of yours. Um, and then that, that situation can can compound and further... Mm-hmm. Um, roll into onto itself. What that looks like for um, foreign national labor trafficking victims? So, someone can come on an H two visa, and H two visas are attached to an employer, so they are not able to leave that employer's employ um, without um, without violating the terms of their visa. So, if that What that might look like is a recruiter recruits someone in Mexico to come here and pick crabs, and they're told that they'll be paid an hourly wage. They will have housing and medical care, and when they get here, they're paid actually per pound. Their housing is um, a place with three other women, and the manager is the only person who has the key. Their medical care is a first aid kit, and for those who are familiar with crab picking, It can be pretty dangerous, medically speaking, in terms of infections and cuts and things like that. Um, And then, furthermore, they they can be charged fees for the shelter, charged fees for the medical care, for the food, that outweigh the amount that they can possibly make, and so they end up in a debt bondage situation. So that's how a labor trafficking situation could look. Did you have a question? No.
4: no. Okay. You look like I'm, you're about I'm, to I'm, talk. I'm reading the proclamation and listening
16: to Okay. It. Wow. I didn't I cannot multitask like that. <laughs> um, so a uh, sex trafficking situation might look like somebody uh, again, you know, boyfriending someone and and finding out where they live, picking them up for a date. Okay, now I need you to do this for me because I know where your family lives. Um, Someone may be in a trafficking situation and say, I'm ready to go, and the trafficker may say, okay, great, I'll drive you to the bus station, but then drives a route that's really um, circuitous and drives by the trafficking victims, where the trafficking victims' children are staying, and doesn't say a thing, but just drives by very slowly and then says, do you still want me to take you to the bus station? So these are part of the reasons that it's really hard to identify, because how does that trafficking victim tell you, yeah, I couldn't leave this situation? Um, the bonds are not, you know. There's not handcuffs there. There's not something that's um, more clear to people that that person is being forced into the situation that they're in and forced to stay. Um,
4: okay, so now I do have a question.
16: Yeah, please. <laughs>
4: so, um, uh, so outreach. Yeah. Um, so, what is your what is uh, for all seasons doing? Um, to bring awareness um, to the communities where m- most of your your uh, victims of mm-hmm. human trafficking? Are, are we in the colleges? Are we in the high schools? I mean, how, how are we reaching out?
16: Yeah, so great question. Um, we are reaching out right now to other professionals who may come across someone who is a trafficking survivor. So basically, the effort that we're making right now is to help people identify trafficking survivors. So. Many people have seen the movie Taken, have seen other movies, and have an idea of what trafficking is that has a lot of misinformation about it and is a narrow, a narrow scope of what trafficking is when it's really something that impacts so many people. Um, risk factors for trafficking, runaways. When someone runs away, how are they um, surviving? How, where are they staying? How are they getting food? How are they getting shelter? Risk factors for trafficking are people in the foster care system people who are interacting with the juvenile justice or the adult justice system, people who are um, in therapy. There's, there are a lot of professions that intersect with trafficking, um, including you know people who are... There was um, a case where one of the victims was identified on a traffic stop. Uh, this was an adult victim who had been forcibly drugged, and um, I don't know how graphic you want me to get here, so I'll just leave it at that. Um, and forced into a trafficking situation. So uh, what's happening is, this is happening um, in Queen Anne's County in all of the five counties that we serve, and we're just not identifying it very well. And so the first step towards that is to um, educate and make aware professionals like who are in service providers, law enforcement, healthcare workers, First first responders who may come into contact, who are more likely to come into contact with someone in a trafficking situation and be able to identify them and then refer them to services. Prevention, schools, being into schools, um, talking about Internet safety, things like that, very important. Um, I have been in this position for about a year, and I don't have a ton of information about that, except that, what I understand is that it's very difficult to get into the schools because there are a lot of people who want to get into the schools there's a lot of information and this is a pretty um, tough subject and so how do we get into the schools with with um, sensitivity around uh, parents being okay with kids hearing about stuff how do we get into schools with administrators that's definitely something that is on the horizon and definitely something on the list the to-do list, and if you have any um, suggestions or contacts with the school board, well, I would uh, be glad to
4: no, probably no them more up. than you. Uh-huh. <laughs> I assure you. Uh-huh. I was just alarmed by the numbers. Yeah, and, and the numbers are and, really high. And The numbers, and as high as they are, um, yeah, just you know, the reach out, the prevention,
16: yeah. Uh,
4: yeah, the awareness programs, and I imagine because it's a sensitive subject. Um, but obviously um, a real issue.
16: Well, so some of the prevention efforts would be really helping people who have vulnerabilities to trafficking. So helping kids understand what are healthy relationships. So when some they're playing a video game and someone comes on and starts chatting with them on the video game and they like everything that they like and they agree with everything they agree and tell them how beautiful they are. You know, you're 16, your prefrontal cortex is not fully developed. Someone likes you, well, this is cool you know so part of that would be internet safety part of that would be healthy relationships and then for adults who are financially vulnerable who may be experiencing homelessness who are undocumented or visa hold, documented visa holders um, it's it's kind of an education of how to not be as vulnerable Having the resources, having the community. Um, what's really cool in Cambridge, there was um, an Asian massage parlor that was a trafficking, a sex trafficking um, ring, and the community was able to identify that and it was busted. And so that was not, Cambridge said, you know, you can't, we're not allowing this in our community. So, as communities, what we can do is be more aware of what the signs are um, and Befriend people who are on the margins and how you know, develop relationships so that we can find out, you know, I'm not, I, I, I'm guessing, and I haven't tried yet, but I'm guessing that if I go to a factory or a plant and say, like, hey, I'd love to give everyone a talk about human trafficking, that they're not going to say, like, please, come on in. Um, and I might be wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, so how do we reach people? Church, people who go to church, in um, in the schools. And again I want to make sure sometimes when we're talking about this I say human trafficking and people think child sex trafficking which narrows the scope because the victimhood is so much larger than that the victimhood is also labor trafficking and also adults Um, so how do we help vulnerability in our communities it's with service providers and by being a community that cares about one another now we're all gonna sing kumbaya together (laughs) Sounds very pie in the sky, but mm-hmm.
8: we, we have screw? a proclamation. Yes, we do. Does
16: that mean you're finished hearing me talk about it? Oh. Let me see. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'll just, well, since since this has been recorded and you say there's a huge TV audience, I will just um, mention a few of the red flags. in the dozens. So. In the dozens. Nice. Okay, cool. This is for you, twelve. <laughs> um, so signs of trafficking for some, for labor trafficking and, and sex trafficking, it might be, um, signs of isolation, signs of withdrawing from family, um, a, a lot of unexplained new purchases, a bunch of phones showed up, but it doesn't, it's not commensurate with the income that someone is making, um, someone who looks as though they are not in control that, they, as though there's somebody there, a dominating presence who's in control, who is, um, they sound coached, they are, uh, have unexplained tattoos, unusual restrictions at work. Someone can be paid and be trafficked, but it's paid very little or owes a large debt. Um, so those are some of the signs to, inc- to look out for. And what I would just say about responding is to be compassionate, um, be cautious. It's the three C's. Um, Don't go up to someone who you think is in a trafficking situation and say, hey, I think you're in a trafficking situation. Let me save you. Um, That could be dangerous for you and for the person who's in the trafficking situation, depending on who may be watching, and make the call. And you can make the call by calling the National Human Trafficking Hotline for tips. You can call for all seasons, for services. Um, I'm happy to consult with anyone should they come across a case that that has some red flags for trafficking and they'd like to learn more or talk more about it.
4: So for that phone number for for all seasons?
16: Um, 410-822-1018. And our hotline number is, please hold, that was the hold music, 410-820-5600. And in Spanish, 410-829-6143. Because for All Seasons is a so violent I just
0: thought she was going to t- say the numbers good in Spanish. <laughs> 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 she said
12: it in Spanish. Oh, yeah. Really? <laughs> <I just crazy laughs> out of my head. For the uh, Spanish-speaking folks, right?
16: Yeah, <laughs> for the Spanish-speaking folks,
12: 410-829-6143. And you can visit forallseasonsinc.org. There's lots of information on the website for both victims and people wanting to learn about advocacy and how they can help. <laughs>
16: Yes, thank you.
4: Very
16: good. I just have 20 more minutes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, You don't mind, right?
4: (laughs) (laughs) She's doing exactly what she needs to be. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, so your proclamation, Human Trafficking Awareness Month 20-02. Whereas every year nearly 25 million men, women, and children are trafficked and deprived of their freedom, human rights, and dignity. According to the National Human Trafficking Hotline, Maryland has one of the highest rates of domestic human trafficking in the nation, with 165 cases reported to the hotline in 2018. And whereas human human trafficking includes sex trafficking in which a commercial sex act is induced by force, fraud, or coercion, or in which the the person induced to perform such act has not reached 18 years of age, and the recruitment harboring transportation provision, or obtaining of person for labor or services through the use of force, fraud, or coercion for the purpose of subjection to involuntary servitude, peonage, debt bondage, or slavery. And whereas human trafficking is among the fastest-growing criminal industry in the world, second only to drug trafficking, and whereas the state of Maryland has enacted comprehensive anti-human trafficking laws with a focus on criminal prosecution and victim support, and whereas Queen Anne's County recognizes the considerable moral and economic harm of human trafficking to our communities, our states, and the nation, and recognizes that, that bringing a greater awareness to the problem will help victims, and whereas by bringing awareness to human trafficking with the midshore region of Maryland, we bring the victims hope and the natural-born freedom all human beings should enjoy. And whereas Queen Anne's County recognizes the increased public awareness and education within our organizations will provide more opportunities to recognize and aid in the fight against human trafficking. Now, therefore, be it resolved by the Queen Anne's County, by Queen Anne's County that in keeping with our mission, morals, and ideas, Queen Anne's County supports increased public awareness, stronger laws, and the promotion of justice to reduce the exploitation of all peoples. Whereas the Governor's Office of of crime control and prevention coordinates human trafficking efforts across the state by, one, the coordination of state agency policies and protocols to combat human trafficking, two, developing and delivering training to the state and local law enforcement and government personnel, three, establish the implementing data collection to capture the, the nature and scope of human trafficking in Maryland, and four, coordinating with resources and organizations engaged in these efforts, including the Maryland Human Trafficking Task Force. Now, therefore, we, the County Commissioner of Queen Anne's County, do hereby declare that the month of January, Human Trafficking Awareness Month, and urge all citizens to actively work towards the education of human trafficking. Signed to Queen Anne's County Commissioners. Thank, wow. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, so Thank you for what you do. Thank you very
16: much. Yes, very you, I'm um, brochures for everyone. Thank you very much. Absolutely. And can we take a picture of <laughs> sure, yeah. oh, the person left? Hopefully not with my phone. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh. Oh. Oh, you're gonna come around. Oh, come around. oh yeah. Oh, to Thank you. Thank you. Most important thing that you have to looking Yeah, please.
11: <laughs> Thank, you Thank you so much. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Todd, let's, let's hold. Uh, there's no rush to vote on 1918 or 1919,
13: is there? Oh, say there's cause not, because we're
0: missing two commissioners. I'd rather have their input on the vote. So if you don't mind, we'll hold those two till the the 28th meeting? That's fine, yeah. Where's Beverly? I saw her here. Is that okay? Okay, great. You made good. her sit there for nothing. Jim. I know. <laughs> All right, so we'll... <laughs> And I'll introduce 20 uh, 01. And that'll put us to press and public comments. Does anybody here like to speak during press and public comment? Seeing none, Todd, I'll just save you that. And we'll go right into round table. What going to do
4: Anything? Okay. <laughs> um, well, this is uh, – so the, uh, every Saturday in the month of January and yes. the first couple of Saturdays in February, the commissioners have the opportunity to see um, the new officers that are uh, assuming positions in their volunteer firehouses uh, across our county. Um, for those of you folks that don't realize, we have nine different volunteer fire companies that cover our entire county. And um, share a fire volunteer firehouse with um, Talbot County, with you um, know Ta- Talbot, Caroline,
0: yep. Queen Anne, yep. yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, had an opportunity to uh, attend a couple in the last uh, few weeks here, and and um, it's rewarding to see the youth that are volunteering and getting their firefighter one and putting in the hours and the commitment. Um, It's encouraging to know that our volunteer fire services here in the county have folks that are going to be stepping up that are young and taking those positions from our our well-seasoned volunteers. That's all I have. Very good. Um,
2: Piggyback on that with the youth. You you hear sometimes people say there's not enough for the the youth to do in this Mm -hmm. county, but joining one of the volunteer fire departments is probably one of the more excellent things that you could encourage your kids to do. Um, they will develop leadership skills and responsibility, mm-hmm. community service um, and there's you know, the, the, the camaraderie of the group as well um, it's an absolutely a- excellent thing to do, a great way to give back to your community, so I, I would encourage um, any kids who are thinking about doing that I think as young as I, they have some that are like very young that join in a, mm-hmm. you know, they sweep the floors or something like that if your kids are interested, encourage them to do it it's a great thing to do um, after the um, great presentation from Mary Margaret, um, it, it occurred to me that not only we have this you know, 100-year uh, celebration, but I think Queen's County itself is in a very unique position um, of any of the counties in Maryland. Um, with Governor Hogan just um, appointing Lynn Knight as our new circuit court judge, mm-hmm. and with Catherine Hanger as our uh, court, court, I believe we're probably the only circuit court in the whole State of Maryland that is run just by women. So we will no doubt have the most efficiently run <laughs> circuit court, um, and, I, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And I'm looking forward to seeing Judge Knight sworn in. Very good. You know, I think. Uh, oh,
0: silence is golden. Yeah. Is it? Really? <laughs> yeah, Whoa. yeah. Well, okay. You said you trust on. Uh, I am happy to. You know, everybody knows that. Uh, you know the. Uh, the Bay Bridge uh, the electronic tolling the process has started and uh, you know I'm, I'm thankful for that I think that that's great for Queen Anne's County so our citizens can get home at night uh, that'll be up and running this summer uh, they're in the process right now of removing those toll boots and putting up the gantry on the uh, Eastern Shore side uh, right before you get to the Route 8 exit will be the where all the electronic data will be collected that's a great thing so it's not helping us with our Sunday night problems, but we're, we're going to be working on that in Annapolis. So, you know, stay tuned. Uh, there'll be a time, hopefully, where we'll be able to get some of our citizens to testify on some of the things we're trying to do to uh, alleviate some of that beach traffic. So, that's all I got to say. With that, entertain a motion to adjourn. I will make a
4: motion that we adjourn. Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye.
0: Thank you very much.